It's the 31st of May, 2021. It's a Monday. And now we're training ourselves in samadhi for the sake of liberation. So the samadhi is the mind that is firmly established. And uh, we do that through recollection, having our mindfulness recollecting and the body and the feelings, the mind and the Dhamma. So there's this, and this gives rise to right view, what we call samaditi. So in the Noble Eightfold Path, the two factors uh, that comprise wisdom is samaditi, this right view, and samasangapo, that's right intention, right thought. So these are the intentions not to harm, not to have ill will, and the intention of relinquishment, uh, to not find pleasure in the senses. And we see that if we have this, if we're still trying to find pleasure through sense objects um, in sensuality, then this is what will cause us to be stuck and to be born and to die over and over. So when we have this right view, we see that suffering, this dukkha, arises because of the attachments that we have in the hearts. And if we're going to free ourselves from this, to put down this dukkha, then we need to walk this way of sila, samadhi, and banya, of virtue, collectedness, and wisdom. So we have this intent in our minds to not harm, to not have ill will, to not uh, indulge in pleasures, or find pleasure through forms, sounds, uh, tastes, odors, tactile sensations. And through doing this, we're walking this noble path. So when we sit in meditation, we establish ourselves in this way. We're not speaking, so we have right speech. Our occupation, what we're involved in, that is correct. Our mindfulness is recollecting the right things. And, um, and so we are established in this, in this, um, this right samadhi then. And so when we come to sit and we establish our mindfulness and are focused on developing our mindfulness as we are in these four foundations of mindfulness, then this is samadhi. So sometimes we have mindfulness that's recollecting the body and we see the body as being just a body. And it's possible for the mind to become peaceful through doing this. Maybe just a small amount of peace arises. And so perhaps we look at the body and the aspect of its breath, the in-breath and the out-breath. Or perhaps we watch the movements of the body, have mindfulness over that. And so it's possible to gain a small amount of peace through this, through the mindfulness over the body. And what we call the mind that is well-founded in this way, having a little bit of peace, is kanaka samadhi. So we try to train ourselves in this, and we can contemplate a lot. Because ever since we came into this world, we have needed to, to use our thinking a lot. The wisdom that we have gained has come to us through our thoughts and through our memory. And that's how we've been trained. We've studied in this way. We've trained ourselves in this way. So if we try to just stop our thoughts altogether, that may be very difficult to do, but it is possible. 
and some temperaments, some characters, uh, they like to contemplate a lot. So we can contemplate the body and look at its breath, the in-breath, the out-breath, contemplate the movements of the body, seeing it as just being a body that moves, seeing the body as being a heap of elements, as just being something, a constant, something that changes. We contemplate in this way. So when we contemplate for wisdom to arise, it's necessary to have a foundation of peace as well. And if there's peace to the level of kanaka samadhi, the small amount of peace, then the clarity of the wisdom that we gain will be to the level of that kanaka samadhi. But we just carry on doing this. We contemplate frequently. And sometimes the mind gathers together and we contemplate in a manner that allows us to see clearly or more clearly than we had before. And our wisdom becomes sharper. And as we carry on doing this, then the samadhi can develop into upajara samadhi, this neighborhood samadhi. And we just carry on practicing like this, in this way. And it's not sure if we have a lot of accumulated barami, if we have developed this a lot in the past, then it's possible that with this, when we sit in meditation, listen to a Dharma talk, then our mind just gathers together. Sila, Samadhi and Panya all come together and we can see the Dhamma, we can gain an understanding in this way. And jnana, this knowledge, arises. We can see arise and ceasing. We can see how all lives must end in death. And how when we're born with this world, we need to be separated eventually from everything that we meet in this world. And how there's no thing at all that belongs to us. When we see clearly in this way, then we've seen the Dhamma. And we may not expect it at all. We may not think that it would happen in that way. But it's just the mind, it can become still, it gathers together, and we gain this clear understanding at that point uh, through that stillness. So when we have this stillness that comes through contemplation, then it's possible for the mind and the body to become very buoyant and light. And then when it leaves this and starts to proliferate, then knowledge will arise. The one who knows will be on top of things and know what's happening in time. Understand that this proliferation is not me. And this, doesn't, this understanding, it doesn't come about through thought. It's not a th- thought that comes up, but rather it's direct knowing that arises, that makes the mind radiant. And this is the wisdom that comes from bhavana, from mental cultivation that's arising for us. So we just carry on practicing. We carry on developing our bharami and do this bit by bit, day by day. Sometimes we sit and we are aware of the breath coming and going. And then we can contemplate. And perhaps we can see emptiness there. And so we have this mindfulness looking at our mind. And if the mind is peaceful, then there won't be proliferation happening. The mind and the body can become very bright, can be very spacious and open. And so it's possible for us to get to this state. But in the beginning, developing samadhi and making the mind peaceful can be something quite difficult. But even though it's hard, it is possible for us to do it. It is possible to get to a point of stillness where the mind goes quiet, where it turns empty. And this is really amazing. It's really profound, this experience. And here it's easier to teach the mind because it's in the level of Upajara Samadhi, this neighborhood concentration. So both Kanaka Samadhi and Upajara Samadhi 
um, they are right, samadhi, that the mind is composed, it's founded in the right way. Because of its purpose, that we're using the samadhi for the purpose of getting to know the noble truths, for the purpose of liberation. It's possible, however, for people to doubt about this, or whether it's right to practice in this way. But we just carry on doing it. So like if we practice anapanasati, the recollection of the breath, well, this is recollecting in the body, right? And that we have our mindfulness established here, that we're contemplating in the body, and this gaya nupasana, recollecting the breath, the in-breath, the out-breath. And there are the factors of vitaka, vichara, piti, sukha, ekakada, the, uh, the initial and sustained application of the mind, and then joy, happiness, and one-pointedness. So if the mind is in a state of upachara samadhi, then it's like this. And sometimes we're able to uh, just observe what's going on, and the mind become very still and peaceful can go into first jhana. And so this jhana, it's the focusing of the mind, the mind that's absorbed or just focused in one point. So the mind's very still, peaceful, when it's in this first jhana, uh, with these five factors that I previously mentioned. And then as that peace develops, um, then there are the factors of joy and happiness and ekakada. So this is second jhana. And then in third jhana, there's this happiness and ekakada, this one-pointedness. And then this develops and uh, develops into one-pointedness and also with the quality of upeka or equanimity there. And so here this is fourth jhana and there's a profound emptiness here. And so when we go into the state, then everything is empty. And then when we come out and we look at things, then we perceive everything as being empty. And so when samadhi goes really deep, it can be profound in this way. And so how are these different? How is jhana and samadhi different? When people go into this very deep uh, jhana, uh, the states of absorption, then they find great happiness there within that peace. And so the samadhi is uh, kanaka samadhi, and then there's upajara samadhi, these are the two levels of samadhi. And then when that peace develops, it goes into first jhana, then second, third, fourth jhana. And so through these states, the defilements are suppressed initially. They're still there, but they are held down by this samadhi. And so the samadhi, we could say that it's the suppression of the defilements when the samadhi is in the level of jhana. But what's important is that when we come out of any of these states, whatever state we've got into, however much energy there is, then we use that, even though it may just be a small amount, to contemplate. Contemplate seeing the body as just a body. The feelings as just feelings. The mind as just mind. The dhammas as just dhamma. We contemplate like this. And when we do this, then this is samma samadhi. This is right uh, concentration, or right collectedness. Because it's based upon right view. It's based upon right intention. 
and all of the other factors of the path are correct. So when we gain this inner energy through our contemplation, maybe it's to the level of upajara, samadhi, and then we can reflect and see the body with clarity. And doing this is sama samadhi. If the mind can get the peace to the level of first jhana, then when it comes out of this state, then there'll be a great clarity to its vision. We'll be able to see the body, to see uh, the feelings, and to see the mind, to see the Dhamma with clarity. And it will gain a clear insight that it had done before. And so this is when the mind is in jhana, that it can contemplate the Dhamma in this way, uh, with it, when it has that energy of jhana, and it will see with clarity. And so this contemplation and the collectedness of mind, stillness, they rely upon each other, upon each other, they depend upon each other. So even if we can just get into a small level of samadhi, then we should use that to contemplate. But if it is just a small amount, it won't be very clear the way that we see things. And perhaps there are people who can get too much samadhi, and they just go into those states and find great pleasure there. But that's just suppressing the defilements. The defilements are still present, however. But what's important is that when we have samadhi, then we use that to contemplate. And when we use that samadhi to contemplate, then that is right samadhi, seen clearly into the body. But for us, if we try to only walk the way of samadhi, just the way of stillness, the way of calm, and trying to develop jhanas in this way, it's really not easy to do. Because the beings who are around these days, who have that kind of barami, who have developed themselves in that way, um, are very few. And mostly now people think a lot, their minds are quite scattered, and they don't really like to develop peace, but rather they prefer to contemplate, they're more after wisdom. So if we're like that, then we should contemplate a lot. We need to do that a lot, really focus on that, and really put up a fight. Don't be afraid of it. Whatever emotions come up, then let them come. If the mind thinks, then just follow up on that thinking. And that we're intent on practicing the Dhamma. So if there's a lot of thoughts that are going on, then look at those thoughts, follow those thoughts. What are they about? If the mind proliferates, then just let it go and proliferate and just carry on proliferating. And some monks are like this. They like to think about many things. So just allow it to think until its conclusion, to think until it reaches the very end, to think until we die, to think right until the point of death. And so just do this. Allow the mind to think and proliferate right till the very end. And we shouldn't get deluded in the age that we have. Some people think that maybe 70, 80, 90 years old, then they'll die. Uh, but that's not sure. But we should let the mind just think right until the end of this life, right until death. And then what happens after that? They take this body and they burn it. And maybe they bury it in the ground. If it gets cremated, then they take the ashes and they scatter that in the ocean. And what's left? There's nothing there. And so all lives, they end in this way. So if we're going to proliferate, then we should proliferate right until the very end, right until death. Allow the thoughts to die in this way. And so it's natural that the mind will be caught on these things, that it still finds pleasure in forms and sounds and 
tastes and odors and tactile sensations. And it still thinks a lot, and that's natural. But we shouldn't be afraid of that. But really take this practice on to use this contemplation to bring the mind to peace. And we can do this to develop samadhi to each level. And we can practice in this way, and we should walk like this. And then one day the mind will gather together. Samadhi will become full. It will have this mindfulness there. That our sila is good already. And so these factors, they will gather together. And we gain clarity of insight. We don't doubt anymore. We see that, ah, that things really are this way. So we should contemplate that bring the mind to stillness, to peace, to quiet. And it's possible to do this to the point of jhana. But what's important is that when we come out of these states of samadhi, and then we don't get deluded, but rather we use that to contemplate. Use that to see the body as being empty. And it can be really clear, this insight here. And see that the body is just a body, and we see that with, uh, with great clarity. It's crystal clear. There's no doubts anymore. And then we've seen the Dhamma at this point, and we, we gain this on, upon the basis of samadhi that we have. And so this is using our samadhi and using contemplation for the sake of liberation, for freedom. And so we just carry on doing it. We don't stop. Perhaps we have some doubts about this, but we should just put them down. We may wonder, what's jhana like? What's samadhi like? What's right view like? How do we gain that? But we just carry on walking this way, carry on cultivating right view, having mindfulness here in the body, putting an effort in this way. And sometimes we can look at the mind and ask ourselves, what is this mind thinking about? And no matter what it thinks about, are we going to have to die? All of us are going to have to die. We may think that we're going to stay in this world for a long time, that we're going to live to a ripe old age, but that's not sure. And we can see that nowadays, right? There are lots of people dying because of COVID. There are many people dying in accidents. And some people even die due to the COVID vaccine. And so in conclusion, life is not sure. So we should contemplate in this way and don't be afraid of it. And then when we reach our time to die, then it's our time to die. And it is that way because of causes and conditions, because of the karma that we've created. So there's no need to be afraid. So we contemplate like this and do this frequently, more and more frequently, until we're able to destroy the uh, first three fetters, the first three barriers of uh, uh, self-view of attachments to rites and rituals and skeptical doubts. But in the beginning we need to train because it does take time and we need to just carry on practicing, do this steadily, do it little by little and carry on in this way. And as we do this, then we'll be able to abandon things, we'll be able to put things down, we'll be able to get clarity and we'll be able to be relieved of our doubts through our practice. And it happens in this way. And so sometimes we may wonder what's jhana like and how is this different from samadhi, but we shouldn't doubt about this, but rather just carry on practicing, just carry on putting in our efforts. We may wonder whether these levels of jhana, whether they're right samadhi, whether this is uh, samma samadhi, 
But if we take these states of jhana and we use them to contemplate, then this is samadhi. Or it may just be a small amount of samadhi, and we use that to contemplate, and that's also samadhi. So this is samadhi for the sake of clear insight, for the sake of getting to know and understand the Four Noble Truths. And so we practice in this way. And all of us practitioners, we all have this foundation of generosity already. And some people, they wonder, or they say that I haven't really done anything for my teacher. I haven't been able to serve or be of benefit to my teacher. But it's this practice. This practice is our way of serving our teacher. So we have our sila and we recollect the goodness that we've done. We chant, we meditate, and all of this is our way of paying homage through our practice. And so we walk in this way, we carry on on this path of sila, samadhi, and banya. And this is our means for paying puja, homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. So having have, being firm in sila already, being generous already, then we take up this path of practice. We chant a lot, we bring up mindfulness a lot, we contemplate a lot, and this is what will take us to understanding the Dhamma. And so the mind can become very clear through doing this, very bright. We have this good opportunity now in this life, so really put an effort, really bring up this will to practice. And so may all of you practice together, carry on building up your paramis, these spiritual virtues together, in order to understand the Dhamma in this very life. May you be intent in this way.